What are you doing here? It's challenge day. You know we've influenced nearly every facet of white America. From our music to our style of dress, walk, talk, dress, mannerisms, we enrich your very existence. You should say thank you, man. Welcome to the Black Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Tariq el and I greet you with the greetings of peace. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Here on the Black Blue Podcast, we center the experiences and the narratives of black people in America in general and black Muslims in particular. Uh, we are going to kick off with part two of our discussion with Brother Jimmy C. Gardner, who, as you know from part one, was wrongfully imprisoned for 27 years. Uh, since his release, he has become an advocate for the wrongfully convicted and also an advocate for prison sentencing reform. And as you all know, he is a motivational speaker as well. So we're going to get into part two of that discussion. Hope that you enjoy it. Reaffirmed that her from her her sign from God. I said, oh my, I knew it was over. But then the state of West Virginia decided they were gonna retry me on all charges and try to give me the same time back. Five months went by. I'm telling my lawyers, it's not gonna be another trial. This is over. I know this is over. I'm working with the law team in Beckley, West Virginia. I'm in the law firm working with them. I have an office. They gave me an office and everything. I'm working. They said, we can't win the case without you, Mr. Gardner. Would you please come in and work with us? My, yes, I will. And I did that five months. And the state of West Virginia ended up dismissing all charges. We brought our expert in. They dismissed all charges before there was even a trial, maybe two or three days before trial started. Dismissed all, all charges with prejudice. Wow. I already knew. It's not going to be another trial. That's powerful. That's you know, powerful. They, you talk about signs. Those are, those are just a few of the many signs. Yeah. Not one day did I ever think about giving up. Let me ask you. Not one day, not one day did I ever question God about what I'm going through. Why me? So let me ask you this, brother. You were drafted into the Chicago Cubs, uh, playing in their minor league organization. You were pursuing a college degree when you were wrongfully prosecuted and convicted and in prison. For 27 years, tell me how your faith has helped you to make sense of and, and find peace in all of this. I, I'm a firm believer in everything that happens for a reason. And, you know, I, I went through what I went through. And by the grace of God, I'm, I'm able to be on the other side looking down that road now and, and being a, 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 a different place, a different space and uh, have peace from within. I'm humble. I have health. And, and that's one of the most important things in life, health. If you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to help anybody else. You can't help yeah. anybody else if your health is gone. Right. So health is so very important. But, um, you know, I, I went through this ordeal and I just, I just don't, I just don't, um, I don't question what I believe Allah has for us and as people. And, and I, I, I could have focused on negatives. Yeah. But I didn't have time for that. I didn't have time for that. I'm fighting for my life. And and, 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 and in the environment of prison, you show weaknesses. Individuals are like lions to 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 um to, to their prey. Yeah. 
and and you have to keep yourself in a, a, a an entirely strong mindset, and you have to continually strengthen and grow every day. And the time for for sulking and crying and all that that that's not something um that's not something that I got into, and I, I believe I believe I. I, I was raised with a good foundation, believing in God. I was raised as a, as a, as a Christian in Tampa, Florida, mm-hmm. so in a Baptist church. And I always had questions, and I and I, and I always loved reading. And and like I was telling you about on Lock Up, I just started reading it so I can become familiarized and understand other people's ways of thinking. Right. And I came and I, and I got to the understanding of the oneness. I believe in in in, in a law. I believe in one God. Yeah. And it was so clear, my path at that point. It was so clear. And the peace that I had, the serenity that I had in that single cell mm-hmm. for all those months alone, the, the peace, serenity, the, the oneness, it's indescribable. And I, and, and, and I was protected. It's like being in a storm and not getting wet. <laughs> You, you, you know, I'm yeah, and, yeah. and not not bragging or boasting, but just trying to give to you just how pleasant and how beautiful Allah blessed me with the opportunities. And you know, if if is a big word, you know, we you know, you change it one is. thing it and, is. And, and then so 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 many other things change with it. You never know. Right. So I'm just thankful for where I'm at. I'm thankful for what I have. We trust and also the- I'm still mm-hmm. in civil litigation. I'm in litigation. I was going to ask them with my mm-hmm. with, with the state of West Virginia. So I still have state and federal litigation. I haven't okay. been compensated. No apologies. Four years now. So let's take this uh, broader, right? Because really, this has all been, uh, and this happens. We know this happens with regularity. Uh, <sighs> it seems like every. Yes. I mean, I, I literally feel like every other month or every few months, I, I'm hearing about. Uh, a, a black man that was incarcerated for decades and has finally been yeah. released. Um, and sometimes it's it's with an apology and sometimes it's not, but we got to think that these are the exceptions and not the, not the rule. Exactly. So not the rule. Can, so your response, the way you've responded to your circumstances, um, it's something that is inspiring on a number of levels, right? But that's not that's not the end of it right the the system that would keep you from being able to come back to court to present your evidence uh when you first got it that should have been standing for justice but instead was basically just trying to maintain a conviction exactly. right that's not justice so what are the things that has to happen because you are a, a prison reform advocate um, as well, what are some of the things that needs to happen for us to actually start getting justice on a systemic level? Well, first and foremost, the prosecutors, the district attorneys, those individuals that are bringing the charges and they have the evidence, and sometimes they provide the evidence and sometimes they withheld that evidence. They need to be held accountable. Accountability is number one because the case doesn't move without that prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people have it in for, they say, they say well, the judge did this, the judge did this. Well, it starts with the prosecutor. Right. And after that prosecutor decides whether to charge with what degrees, 
you know, whether it be first, second, or what levels, or what charges, that's solely on that prosecutor. And the, the prosecutor has the opportunity and the authority to either move forward with the charges or dismiss and move out the way. And just so happened, unfortunately, even in cases like myself, when individuals can show their innocence for decades, talking only three, four years after I've been convicted, we find out about this individual. Matter of fact, three years, November of 1993, we find out this individual has testified falsely and, and provided false evidence, and he's been, he's been manufacturing evidence and doing these things. His own lab technicians are reporting to him. His own uh, people that work with him are reporting him for these type of acts. Mm -hmm. The state, the state knows this. The prosecutor's office knows this, but they still decide to hold on to the conviction, and they still decide to continue to, to pursue a false narrative of this in, of my guilt or an individual's guilt. So they continue this lie on, and now they have to be able to support this lie. So they do disingenuous things. Criminal acts occur, and I think prosecutors, lawyers officers uh, of the court, judges, they all should be held accountable for their actions in these wrongful convictions and how they treat individuals once they found out the process has been corrupt in some type of way. I believe that. Now you went, you went exactly to where I started. Um, I started thinking as you were talking about this, that there is no accountability for these actors, actors within the system. Yes. Uh, and because of that, because there's no accountability, there are no repercussions. They're free to exactly. basically continue doing what they're doing. Um, so we really, so there actually has to be some structural change, right? So we need uh, legislation that that changes. You know, what are the, um, you know, what are the the levers of accountability that we're going to uh, in, install here? So um, one of the, the the final few questions I want to uh, pose to you: What has been your uh, what has been the, the greatest, uh, if you will, accomplishment of your work thus far um, post post um, prison? Man, it's been, <laughs> been a lot of things happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've been busy. <laughs> so I you mean, um, I've, I've, I've been blessed to have a lot of, lot of accomplishments. Um, I can name a few. Um, I've, I've been a part of the uh, restoration vote in Florida. I went to Tallahassee and uh, myself and so many other, you know, great freedom fighters. We went and we marched in Tallahassee and we got them to uh, to allow ex-felons the opportunity to vote, give them their re restore their, their rights to vote. That happened, I believe, 2017. Mm -hmm. I believe uh, I've had opportunities to have, um, to be a part of conviction integrity units that have been started and these conviction integrity units um, are, are giving individuals that may not have an opportunity to go beyond a certain level in court, or they may have exhausted all their remedies. It gives them an opportunity to, to have a review again yeah. and be and be heard by the prosecutor or the DA's office. It's just like right here in Georgia, uh, District Attorney uh, Paul Howard, he started a conviction integrity unit in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And that unit over overlooks cases, and, and it has a lot of people seeing cases that may or may, may not have had some flaws within them. That that unit is uh, set up, and it's thirty, I believe, thirty six 
uh, conviction integrity units that are, are that are in course right now throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's been so. It's been a lot of things, man. I mean, I can I can just keep going. I've worked on. I'm talking to you I've while you're in the joint. middle of the work. I mean, that's also right. You're adding things on, uh, you yeah. know, all the yeah. time. So yeah. I mean, I've worked with the Georgetown Law Clinic, um, bringing people home. They brought home um, Mr. Valentino. You know, uh, that was that was phenomenal. Valentino served 27 years. He came home mm-hmm. a couple years ago, um, and we worked with other cases. Unfortunately, my, my friend John Moss, I didn't get to bring him home, and uh, he's out of Cleveland, Ohio. He had a triple uh, homicide case, and he passed away this year in January. But we had we had the, the ball rolling. Innocence Projects had his case. Uh, so much work was being done and he was getting ready to come home. But uh, just having um, an opportunity, I'm on the board of the uh, the Georgia Innocence Project right now. Okay. So many powerful things are coming from that. Yeah, I, I work with, you know, different groups, man. Um, and, and, I, and I see so much, so many results in the communities. You know, I'm with Leadership Georgia, Leadership Albany, you know, Albany Cares. A lot of different mm. things are have, have evolved and I'm just involved and I'm, and I'm just constantly just staying relevant, man. And, and just being able to give back and, and receive and, and just do so many powerful things. It's just, it's a blessing. I can go on and on, man. It's, it's been beautiful. It's, yeah. I want to close out with these final two um, uh, questions, get your, your input on these throughout everything that you talked about. You talked about the, the cost of not, not just the cost the the physical cost or the, intellectual uh curiosity and uh discipline that you have right to to get the information and then to act on it but that there is an actual cost to being able to file for these motions file you know put these petitions in prohibitions all these different things um and that takes me back to the very beginning um this these are issues of access right we have people who they are in prison or if we think about like on a county jail uh, basis people that can't make bail they're basically they're basically incarcerated because they are poor they they don't have the financial wherewithal so there's also once again there's the the, the element of access that's involved in all of this do you have any thoughts that come to mind right now on how to address that reality for people they have the they have the information they want to advocate for themselves and they're looking at a stack of fees. Yeah, I mean, when you're dealing with it's guys within the institution, whether that be jails or prison, <clears throat> you, they have uh, certain opportunities, certain monies. If they don't have money on their account, they're still able to to do certain filings a month <clears throat> and send them through the mail without paying. Okay. And what they'll do is actually, they'll actually uh, just back, they'll kind of backdate them with the payment. They'll say, you owe this amount but it's still on, so like you're in the red on your account. But you, but but uh, there's laws out there where you, you, you can't be denied you can't be denied the opportunity to uh send your legal work in, okay, and file. So so people need to be informed. Just become informed, and every state has different laws. So you got to understand this, the laws of, of the state. And what they have is a code. It's called code. And you're in Illinois. You have an Illinois code. Every state has a code that puts down the different crimes and punishments and procedures and, and rules of evidence and rules of, of procedure. They have all this in the law library, understanding and reading up on Black's Law. This is a big dictionary with all the information in it. 
all its quotes and, and Latin terminology, read and become informed. That's the first thing you need to do is read. Pick up. Yes. Read and become informed, and then you are able to apply. And knowledge without application is futile. Yes. But um, there's so much that there's so much that's out there. There's so many opportunities. I tell people, if you take one foot forward, Allah is gonna gonna bring you in the position to take the next step, or bring someone in to help you assist you take that next step. You don't have to you don't have to be calling out and screaming and yelling, but just take the first step, initiate. Get the get the get that energy going. That's Once right. you get that energy going, it's gonna come together. That's right. Keep the faith. Mm-hmm. I never, I never thought I wasn't coming home. I always knew I was coming home. And every year they would make fun of me. They was I, I can still recall the officers and counselors and people saying, "A gardener, I thought you was you going home this year." I said, "I'm going home. I'm fighting for every year, and I'm going home." Yeah. I said this for probably twenty plus years to some some people. Right. And um. And I had the opportunity to call back in for a meeting, and one of the uh, one of the uh, the workers, and she had been there since nineteen maybe ninety six ninety seven, and uh, she used to always say, every year you say you're going home, you ain't going home. So I called back in for this meeting, and I told him, I said, is um is 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 uh, this lady in? I don't want to call her name. Yeah. And they said, uh, yeah, she's here. And I said, so I'm on the camera. They said, yeah. I said, well, I just want to give a special thanks to, to Miss such, such, such. Thank you. I said, um, I finally made it home. And thank you for keeping me engaged and keeping my mind straight and keeping me on that path. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't probably have kept going. And you helped me keep going. Thank you. So, so, so I mean, we don't, what you least think that you might get that strength from, yeah. a person telling you you can't do something, that energizes you to do it. And, 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 and just continue. I watched that ball drop for 20 plus years yeah. in New York. And I always prayed. I, I asked Allah, I get down, I'll say my prayers and I'll say, please let this be my year. Yeah. And if it if it's not, please allow me to do your work in here. Mm. And and that became a norm for a long time. And I watched a lot of men around me die. A couple hundred or more. A lot of my friends, everybody didn't make it out. But God blessed me to make it out. And people ask me, why are you angry? Why aren't you angry? No room for anger. Anger, it deteriorates me from within. Yeah. If I have that, if I have those anger and, and all that hatred and and discontent from within for others, all that does is internalize. I got rid, I dealt with that anger on lockup in 1994, 1993, 1994. I dealt with that anger on lockup. And thank God I was able to keep it away from me. Yeah. And and I learned how to channel it into a positive. That's the that's the key. You know, mm. and you got time. I always tell people, I say it's like uh uh it's like uh Al Green and Ann Nesby. Ann Nesby and Al Green, they said put it on paper. Yeah. I don't know if you know that song, but they yeah. said put it on paper. Mm-hmm. And if you can if you can type and you can put it out, you can get yourself in a position to to, 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 to foul. If you got thoughts in your head, put it on paper. Write it out. Send it to the court. Send it to send it to uh, some type of uh, lawyer disciplinary council. Send it to some type of uh, judicial ethics complaint commission. Or send it to the courts. I yeah. filed with SCOTUS a lot, and um, I had mm. the opportunity to go have dinner with SCOTUS. Really? You know? Oh okay. yeah. I mean, my I'm blessed. Yeah. My wife is a United States District Court judge. Mm. Mm. And, and 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 I've been I've been so blessed. It's yeah. beyond anyone's imagination 
Yeah. Individuals that have turned down my petitions at the highest level, I've had the opportunity to sit and just and look. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and not even mention I've been, I've been in the court you know what I'm saying yeah. I mean it's a beautiful thing but <laughs> but not have any remorse I've had the opportunity I work with innocent projects right now innocent projects I yeah. filed to, to so many innocent projects and I got denied for years upon years upon years mm-hmm. they wouldn't take my case even though I had false evidence in my case they wouldn't take it and now I, I work with different innocents uh, project organizations and no hard feelings it wasn't meant for me to go that way but you're helping yeah. other people that's why I'm, I'm involved you're helping other people get out and that's the way mine wasn't that way yeah I went through the struggle like Madiba Nelson Mandela that's right I went through the struggle of 27 years mm-hmm. and you know and, and and it was it was actually I guess meant because I, you know, I, I really admired, I really, you know, Nelson Mandela was a figure of mine I looked up to even before going to prison. Mm. And I, I, I did so many research papers and essays on, on Nelson Mandela and even inside. Yeah. And I never knew, I never thought that I would do 27 years exactly like Nelson Mandela. Modiba. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling law. May, may, may Allah uh, be pleased with him and reward him for all the work that he did on behalf of uh, of Ooh. the oppressed. Um, yes. So and 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 I gotta say it has been an absolute pleasure uh, talking with you. I feel like I could you know we could probably just do this all day. Uh, but I want to ask you, I want to ask you to really to to kind of share some parting uh, you know parting thought. Uh, uh, because we should always always be thinking about what we want our legacy to be. You know, I think about Prophet um, Ibrahim, you know, on MB Peace, and you know his legacy of, of faith and rationale, the legacy of the, the house, you know, the the, the Kaaba, you know, uh, erected for the oneness, the worship of the oneness of of, of God. That's that's his legacy. Um, so, have you thought about what you want your legacy to be? I mean, you still you know still young, still working. Um, but I'm sure it's 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 got to be in the back of your mind at some point. You know, I I, I humbly call myself a freedom fighter, mm-hmm. and and um, I can I can recall inside being a freedom fighter also, and and um, also telling the individuals that I was inside as a prisoner. I'm a prisoner in this in this war situation inside, and I and I I can recall the the um the major telling me Gardner I resent you saying that you're a POW he said I'm a POW you don't have any idea about a POW and I said first off you can't define define me in any way and I'm not asking for your acceptance your authorization or anything to define me and I, I had to I had to let individuals know that I understand the oneness and I know my duty here and I know my duty here is to be a voice for the voiceless and be a humble servant for Allah. And I do that with dignity and respect. And every day I I talk about choices. Every day we have to make good choices. One bad choice can eradicate 
all the good. Yeah. And place an individual in penitentiary or in the grave. And the last thing that people are going to remember is that bad choice. Choices, good choices, good consequences. I want to leave a legacy that I continue to follow the teachings of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi I continue to follow the Sunnah. I continue to, to stay humble, even in the belly of the beast. Mm. And at the most, one would think inopportune time became the best time for me to have my oneness. I like to be remembered as an individual that really honed in and became a diamond in the rough. Mm. And uh, without without adversity, we can't grow. That's right. Without without some struggle, you can't grow. Mm-hmm. And I and I always equate it back to the weight pile. Don't come to the weight pile and talk about it. You're not gonna grow unless you put some put some put some um, resistance on. Right. You got to put that weight on. Mm-hmm. You got to put that stress on. That's when you see the true champion rise. That's when you see an individual rise to that level of of, of excellence and 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 just oneness. And I, I just like to leave that type of legacy that uh, through it all, I held my I held my own. I kept my faith. Mm-hmm. I came home with principles, morals, ethics, and a sense of wellness, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just uh, it's just a, a, another level. It's just a blessing. Yeah. And I and I continue to give God the glory. And I'm I'm just so thankful to be here and sharing it with you because I've been around a lot of men that are gone. Yeah. And they don't have the opportunity to share or give back. Yeah. And women. Yeah. And I want individuals to know there are women out there going through same atrocities. They're incarcerated, but they, absolutely the women's don't get the women don't get the opportunities to to have their cases reviewed as, as often as men. You're dealing with DNA with the innocence projects. Mm-hmm. Most women don't have DNA in their cases. Right. They're dealing with some type of prosecutorial misconduct. They're dealing with some type of eyewitness identification or misidentification. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with something outside of DNA. And most innocence projects accept your case with DNA. Right. So think about all the women whose stories are never having told. their voices heard. Yeah. You know, I go I go to these uh these uh innocence network events and I see maybe ten women and hundreds of, of men, exonerees. And I say exonerees because this is an exoneree ring that most exonerees have throughout the world. Oh, wow. And uh, we're all given exoneree rings that are made by Kirk Bloodsworth. He's the first DNA exoneree out of the state of Maryland. And he makes these for exonerees all over the world. Wow. But you don't see that many women. And I know that there are, they're out there, but they just don't have a voice. They, they haven't been heard. Right. They haven't been heard. So hopefully they'll get their opportunity. They'll be heard. Hopefully, you know, interviews like this, I'm sharing with you, people are out there looking and listening. Maybe they can, you know, just take on this, become involved. 
Mm. Get involved with your local Innocence Project. Ask about the women. Ask about the men. Donate your time, your, your money. Donate your, your efforts. Mm. You know? I'm with J.C. Gardner Speaks. I'm doing my part over here. I'm doing my best to continue going on. J.C. Gardner Speaks LLC. That's what I That's what I represent. Inspiration, motivational speaking. I also have a Gardner House Incorporated. And that's a home for returning individuals, uh, returning people coming home. Okay. Giving them opportunities to segue back into society along with bringing that family unit and structure together and keeping it together. That's Gardner House Incorporated. And, and, and just being in the position <clears throat> to continue to grow. You know, I can talk all day. That's great work. I, I mean, mean it's, 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 it's what I do. But you work. That's what I do. Yeah, but but and, it's and working. I <laughs> and I don't need cue cards. I tell people I don't need cue cards. Yeah. God bless me with a memory. I go back to 1969. Uh, I was born in 1966. I can go back to 1969. Yeah. With my memory. Mm. And I'm so thankful for it. I remember accounts. I remember the times. You take me to a year, 1997, during the month of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. I was gambling. I had I had become addicted to, to gambling in 1996. Yeah. I'm gambling behind the doors. And and I tell you, 1997 Ramadan, I ask Allah, please, Allah, please remove this devilish thing from me. Yeah. Please remove this gambling because either I'm gonna kill somebody or they're gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. I'm gambling and acting crazy and I'm confessing to be a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. That's one of the moments <laughs> you said, come on, man. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I went through my walks. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, from 1997 when that fast, when, when Ramadan ended, of course we did the six-day also. Yeah. But when it ended, I haven't gambled since. I'm doing that right. was 1997. I don't even think about no gambling. Yeah. No need to go around a gambling table. For what? I don't gamble. Right. It's a blessing. And I talk about that because it was so powerful. I asked and I was given. No desire. That gambling is a, a major, major addiction. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking major. Mm-hmm. I want people to hear this. Major. I was I was hooked. Allah removed it. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And I tell you, brother, I'm I'm, I'm coming out with my podcast, Chopping It Up with Jimmy C. Okay. Uh, So I want y'all to be ready for it. Chopping It Up with Jimmy C. We're going to be looking. And I got a lot of things to talk about. Yes, sir. I got a lot of topics, a lot of things to talk about. I want to have you come on. I would love to. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We chop it up. Yeah. Talk about Islam, brother. We Mm -hmm. talk about Islam. We can talk about... I was getting ready to go to to uh to Hajj this year. I just went last year. I, make my pay- I was getting ready to go this year. Make my payment. I'm with uh Albany uh Albany is Islamic uh Albany uh Islam. Let me see. Al Majid. Okay. And I'm that's the that's the organization I'm with here in Albany, Georgia. Okay. And uh and my Imam, Imam Hanif, Salahuddin Hanif. He actually, he actually was gathering everything. We took, I took the photo with the CVS, getting ready to pay the money. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to go on Hodge before this COVID-19 happens. Yeah. And um, and the Albany Masjid of Al-Islam, that's in Albany, Georgia. And Imam Salahuddin H. Hanif. Yeah. My guy. <laughs> right there. Yes. Yeah. My guy. 
Yes, sir. Alhamdulillah. And 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 I tell you, um, I was oh, I was so ready for. It. Yeah. But inshallah, it'll be another time. Inshallah. Inshallah. But we know we have a duty. Yeah. And we, we know we have a duty if we can afford. And we trust, we trust in the decree of Allah. And I think if there's yes. anything, uh, if there's one thing that that I've taken from this conversation, and I know others will as uh, as well, and that is having that trust in Allah's Oof. decree, and having yes. the faith to keep keep um, focusing on the goal, yes. and not yes. being deterred by opposition. So, That's right. uh, That's beloved right. brother, I tell you, it has been a pleasure having you on, and. And when you when you get up and going like you know hey I, I would be honored to come on uh on on chopping it up uh, uh with chopping Jimmy it up C with Jimmy C yes sir yes sir yes so um uh, uh family you can go to jcgardnerspeaks.com uh and keep up with our brother um yes. follow his work support the work uh keep all those who are wrongfully imprisoned uh in your dua may Allah continue to give them the uh the strength. Uh, and the and the peace uh, in the midst of turmoil. Um, yes. So and this this being Ramadan, we also got to remember that some of the some of the most decisive battles, uh, the Battle of, uh, yes. of Badr, were fought Badr. during Ramadan. Yes. So uh -huh. we stay on point. Uh, we want to stay prayerful, but we stay on point. Uh, we yes. never stop fighting. So brother, uh, it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Inshallah. Uh, Inshallah, your work, Inshallah. your work is definitely in my dua, and, and I'm speaking for everybody in our collective dua. So when you get, when Thank this you, is over, and you get to Shy Town, uh, we got, we got to meet in person. Come <laughs> Inshallah, we meet, bro. All right, all right. We thank you for joining us for another edition of the Black Loop Podcast. We thank our guest, Brother Jimmy Gardner, for joining us. And we invite you to follow us on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Black Loop Podcast. Uh, with the exception being on Twitter, the glue has no E. So that's Black Glue, G-L-U, Podcast. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments, you want to email us, you can do so at the Black Glue Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Black Glue Podcast at gmail.com. And we remind you that if there's any benefit that has come from this, it is only due to the mercy of the Most High. Any mistakes? Well, we've got to claim those and we will do better next time. All right. I am your host and producer, Tariq Alameen, leaving you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. First off, all praises of law saved him. The black man and African from enslavement. So I love this thing can never deface it. But some of y'all that follow was hella racist. Face it, we was taught to hate black. So the lighter you is, the more you attract. I'm finna pull coats here and choke fear. When the smoke clear, we still black. So oh dear, why my skin breed them grief? All we want is a hua instead of beef. Poor folks so broke, but more jokes. Yeah, we worn out. Some of us drinking and snort dope. 400 plus plus poverty break the man's spirit. But how you ridicule the drunk that you hand spirits? My skin color of thin brothers.